Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is November 5th, and our reading comes from Hebrews chapter 7. Now, here's what today's reading is all about. The author of Hebrews, remember, is trying to help the Jews to understand that what they have received in Christ is better. It is superior to what they've left behind because he's trying to convince them to hang on to Jesus in faith and not drift back into Judaism. So that's kind of what the book is about. And in this chapter, he's arguing that Jesus is our high priest and he is a superior high priest. He's superior than the high priest and the sacrificial system and all that. Jesus is the fulfillment of it and he's our eternal high priest and he's superior to what we used to have. He's better. He's new and improved. And in this chapter, he's trying to help us to understand why. Now, in the Old Testament, in Genesis chapter 14, there's a story, and he's going to talk about this, about a guy named Melchizedek, who is high priest and king of the city of Salem. So in the same way, Jesus is our high priest, and he is our king. And then David in Psalm 110 prophesies that the Messiah, the coming Messiah, would be in the order of Melchizedek. In other words, he would be superior than the priestly families and the kind of the priestly system. He would go back to this Melchizedek. His life, his ministry would be similar to Melchizedek and show that he is superior to what they're leaving behind. So let me read it to you. Beginning in verse 1, it says this, This Melchizedek was king of the city of Salem and also priest of God Most High. So again, he's king and priest, just like Jesus is our king and our high priest. And let me just remind you, the role of the high priest is to represent the people of God before God. So he stands in the gap, represents us, intercedes for us, pleads on our behalf. And that's what Jesus does for us. He is our high priest, but he's also our king. He's ruling over our hearts and establishing his kingdom in our lives and through our lives in the world. He goes on to say, when Abraham was returning home, after winning a great battle against the kings, Melchizedek met him and blessed him. And this is what you can read about in Genesis 14. Then Abraham took a tenth of all he had captured in battle and gave it to Melchizedek. The name Melchizedek means this, king of justice. And of course, Jesus is the king of justice. Because of what he accomplished on the cross, we have been justified. And then he says, king of Salem means king of peace. Again, Jesus is also the king of peace because what he accomplished on the cross made peace between God and man. Verse three, there is no record of his father or mother or any other of his ancestors. In other words, he wasn't born into the right family. He was priest because he was chosen by God. And in the very same way, Jesus was chosen by God. He wasn't in the tribe of Levi or the family of Aaron. He was chosen by God. 
Let me skip down to verse four. Consider then how great this Melchizedek was. Even Abraham, the great patriarch of Israel, recognized this by giving him a tenth of what he had taken in battle. So the argument is, if Abraham would give him a tenth, then in the heart and mind of Abraham, he was superior to Abraham. He was his high priest. Not only that, down in verse 6, it says this, Melchizedek placed a blessing on Abraham and the one who had already received the promises of God. Verse 7, without question, the person who has the power to give a blessing is greater than the one who is blessed. So again, it's pointing to the superiority of Melchizedek which again points to the superiority of Christ because our Messiah is in the order of Melchizedek. Verse 12, and if the priesthood is changed, the law must also be changed to permit it. What's the law? The law was every priest, again, had to be from the tribe of Levi and the family of Aaron. Jesus is from the tribe of Judah. He's going to point that out in just a moment. So what the the point is, is that must mean Jesus is superior because God was willing even to change the law so that Jesus could be our high priest. And it also makes Jesus like Melchizedek. Verse 13, for the priest we are talking about belongs to a different tribe whose members have never served at the altar as priest. What I mean is our Lord came from the tribe of Judah and Moses never mentioned priests coming from that tribe. And then his final argument in verse 16 is this. Jesus became a priest, not by meeting the physical requirement of belonging to the tribe of Levi, but by the power of a life that cannot be destroyed. In other words, the final thing that shows the superiority of Christ is the resurrection from the dead, that Jesus lives forever. He is our faithful high priest. You know, high priests in the Old Testament would come and go. Jesus lives forever and he lives to make intercession. He's praying for us, pleading for us, standing in our defense before the Father. He is our faithful high priest and we can trust him. How does this relate to us? I just think it's important for us to remember. That because Jesus represents us and is our high priest, he's the one we can run to. He's the one we can trust. We are resting in his righteousness, in his defense of us. He has offered his blood on our behalf, showing that he is superior to every kind of religion, any other priest, right? He is the one mediator between God and man. He is our faithful high priest. So let's turn to him and rest in him. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, who came in the order of Melchizedek, a faithful high priest, a superior high priest, an eternal high priest. And God, we thank you for his work. Jesus, we're so grateful for you. Thank you for going to the cross and shedding your blood and offering as it a sacrifice, an atonement for our sin and standing by the Father in our defense, interceding for us day and night. God, we're so grateful for you. And Lord, I pray that because all of this is true, that we would grow in our capacity to trust you, to come to you, to rest in you. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Well, hope that encourages you. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.